You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, Episode 9. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, your body, your body image, and your mind, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show is meant to inspire you and make you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin. Sugar. Okay, that didn't sound scary. I tried to make it sound scary. And the only reason I tried to make it sound scary was because sugar is the most questioned thing, the most vilified, vilified, vilified food out there. And there's so much to say about it. So many people struggle with their relationship to sugar. And I know so much about this because I struggled with it for so long, so much mental and physical energy is used up thinking about sugar, when, how much, There's just so much involved, so I really wanted to dedicate an entire episode just talking about it and to maybe open your eyes to different ways of dealing with sugar in your life, especially now around the holiday season when it's rampant. And this episode is going to be very honest. I'm going to be going into a lot of personal stories about my own struggle with sugar, which I do not struggle with anymore. Uh, And that's why I'm so fired up about talking about this, because if somebody would have told me back then that it was possible to not have to struggle and not have to use up so much of my life bandwidth worrying about this thing, I never would have believed them. But I'm going to be talking to you guys about everything I know and everything I've learned and strategies and ways for you to heal that relationship and to just feel relaxed and comfortable around sugar because, you know, we are adults. Like, I don't think that getting sugar out of the house really helps because like most of us have cars. We can get anything we want on Amazon. We can, you know, we have free will. We can get it whenever we want it. So it's not about getting it out of the house. It's not about trying to, you know, avoid it by not going places. It's going to be there. So I think that the best place that we can be in is when we can be around it. We can have it in the house. We can go to people's houses and we can just feel relaxed and empowered around this thing that does not have to control us. So I already kind of got into it there, but let me remind you guys that you can find the show notes for this episode at ashleypardo.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter there, which I send out every Thursday. And I love writing that newsletter. It's really from the heart. It has a lot of content that I don't really include on my website or Instagram, but I really think you would love receiving those and you can sign up there on the site. If you have a question that you want me to answer, you can send that question to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. And I want to remind you as always that 
It would mean so much to me if you could subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Um, That's really the way to get exposure. And I really want this podcast to go far and I want so many people to hear it. So it would mean the world to me if you could do that. You actually have to do it through your phone. And even if you're subscribed to the podcast, you have to search for it again. So you have to search for Heart Food Podcast, then click it, and then you can rate and review there after you search for it in the podcast app on your phone. So I think that's it for updates and housekeeping uh, right now, but I appreciate all of your feedback that you guys have given me. We're almost at the double digit episodes, um, and it's been super fun so far. And like I said, so many of you have reached out to me and told me that you love it, and I can't wait to bring you so many more different things, especially in the new year, and you know, just have a lot more what's going on outside? Um, I am in my house right now, so we can't really control what's going on out there, but this is real life, you guys. Um, I forgot what I was saying, but, um, yeah, I really want to have, and I'm, you know, going to have a bunch of really amazing guests and so many different topics that pertain to all the different things that I talk about, mainly food, nutrition, movement, and, the surrounding emotional things that we go through and trying to live, you know, a life of wellness and a healthy life to have a healthy mind. That's really the point. So I can't wait for the future of the show and really hope that you continue to listen. So let's just get into it. Let's start talking about sugar. I have some notes here. And Like I said before, this season right now, holidays, celebration, I want to remind you too that there is a blog post that I wrote all about how to feel good in the holiday season. I'll put it in the show notes, but there's a lot of tools there that you can use, but this is really the time of year that sugar is encouraged and there's just so much of it. There's cookies, there's pies and cakes and tarts and rolls and stuff like there's so many different things and it's all then it's that is all awesome you know sugar is more than a food it's celebration it's happiness it's um a way to connect with other people and it's everywhere not only is it going to be at your family gatherings but it's you know samples at the grocery store and like I went to Trader Joe's yesterday I love Trader Joe's and I was there yesterday I hadn't been there in about a month. And there was so much stuff everywhere. And I think that they do that because this is the season for consumption and buying. And that's kind of the mindset that a lot of people have when it comes to the holidays and when it comes to eating sugar. Pretty much all of the holiday things that I saw contained sugar. And I need to kind of put a disclaimer out there that you guys know that I'm really not about like good food, bad food, any of that. I never mean to demonize or vilify a food because that causes a whole bunch of other shit that's really not healthy for us. But we really do need to look at it from a practical viewpoint. And because so many people struggle with it, there's just things that need to be said and talked about about it. And so I just want you to keep that in mind that this is not meant to vilify at all, even though it is vilified in our society. I just want to make you guys aware 
of what's kind of going on when we eat it and again how we can heal that relationship in a physical and an emotional matter because eating sugar is largely emotional especially for many of us out there that have that really emotional connection to food so keep that in mind but anyway I was at Trader Joe's yesterday um and there was literally walls like on the end caps of the aisles just filled with chocolates and cookies and so many different things and they all looked amazing and delicious but a lot of it is marketing a lot of it is you know people know that they eat more this time of year so i just am really aware of how rampant it is and again nothing wrong with it but it's it just doesn't surprise me when people have issues around this time of year and in general so um it's everywhere and the biggest thing that I guess sugar has been going through these past couple years is that people are saying that it's like a drug it's addictive that it's like cocaine I mean calm down it definitely it can be addictive but comparing it to like heroin or cocaine like chill out a little bit um it is true that eating sugar and having those textures and those flavors that are engineered to make them addictive like if you guys if you guys have read um Rob Wolf's book Wired to Eat that book is incredible i highly recommend it and it basically just talks about hyperpalatability which is a food that makes you want to eat more of it so just think of the word break the word down a little bit a lot of palatability super good super delicious and as humans like this is part of our makeup you know the fact that we might eat something when it has the flavor combination of both flavors and textures of like sweet and salty and fatty plus crunch plus smooth plus all of this together it just creates this um symphony of flavors that as at a human level it is really hard to stop eating and if we can accept that about it then we don't have to judge ourselves for it like the fact that you might not be able to stop eating sugar is not your fault it's literally in your makeup to want more of it literally neurotransmitters in our brain specifically dopamine get lit up every time we eat sugar and it just wants more and more and more so i think that's the first thing that we need to kind of take out these this badness and this horribleness that we put on ourselves for overeating it and eating too much because it's literally in our makeup i've already said literally like three times this episode but it's in our makeup as humans, in our brains, in our bodies, in our taste buds to want more of it for us to keep reaching for more. So don't judge yourself about it. And once we really take that judgment away, then we can just look at it from a practical standpoint. Not only do these foods create that addict quality, but food companies know that. And that's kind of why like, I'm totally... Um, I totally boycott and don't buy any processed foods or anything because not that I boycott them because some of them are good and from time to time like whatever it's fine to eat them but 
I know that these food companies are trying to sell more and have people eat more because these foods are addictive. They know the formula that they have to do to create it. And they do that for the consumers and for the market and to sell. So once you kind of know that and become aware, you'll look around. Like when I was in Trader Joe's yesterday, I was like, okay, this makes sense. And it is awesome and it's celebratory, especially this time of year. And it's fun to see all of that. But just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. And like I said, this is the biggest question that I get. And people want to know, should I stop eating sugar? Should I eat it sometimes? And that is such a personal question. I have my own opinions about it because it is an emotional and physical issue for people. Um, a lot of people find that if they abstain from it, then they binge from it, binge on it. And that's my own personal story when it comes to sugar. Um, it really helps to know if you guys know of, uh, Gretchen Rubin and her personality types, the, um, the tendencies within the tendencies specifically about food. She talks about being an abstainer or a moderator. So an abstainer would be somebody who needs to totally abstain from foods in order to feel healthy and balanced in their everyday life. And then there's moderators who can kind of eat a little bit of it from time to time and like totally be fine. Like they can make a batch of cookies, eat one, put the rest away, fine. And it really helps to kind of identify who you are, but at the same time, like I was kind of saying before, if you um, totally lost my train of thought again, but if you abstain from it, then you might binge binge on it. And like I said, we can go out and get it anytime we want to. Literally anytime we want, we can get sugar. So that's never going to go away. The fact that it's so accessible, that it's literally everywhere we go, you have to become your own beacon of empowerment to be able to feel relaxed around these foods. And that's why I think that it's, especially in the, in the case of sugar, that in the long run, I think it's better to eat it from time to time and just not make it be that big of a deal. I think that's the ultimate goal to feel relaxed and just cool, like whatever it's there. And, um, I know that personally, I am, I do consider myself an abstainer from certain foods. Like I just feel better if I just don't eat certain foods and that's just how I am. But in the case of sugar, it's, it's different because during the times in my life that I was abstaining from it was the times that I was binging the most. And this was several years ago and my own relationship with food has been a very tumultuous ride. And thankfully for the past several years, it's, you know, I've really healed so much from it and I'm thankful for it because it's really taught me so much. And through this, I want you guys to be patient with yourselves because it doesn't happen overnight. It's not a light switch that just turns on and off and that's it. It is truly a journey and something that really takes a long time. You're going to mess up and, or not even mess up. You're just going to feel like you let yourself down and it's just a big cycle that goes on. So I would be thankful if you're struggling with this. Um, I know it can really suck sometimes, but let it teach you what it needs to teach you about yourself. Um, I guarantee you that you're going to have so much growth once you really look at your relationship to sugar. 
and look at it for, for what it really is and to, to see what you really need. Um, we'll get into that more later, but I remember, you know, when I was growing up and everything, I would always binge on sugar. We talked a lot about like how my mom never really kept stuff in the house. So like whenever I was uh, around it, I would always binge on it, like at friends' houses or like a birthday party or something. I would go overboard because it was never in the house. It was not something that I was around. So every time it was, I was like, well, I'm going to live it up and eat my sugar and then feel like shit. But I don't even think back then, like when you're eight years old, like I don't really think that you have the awareness to even decipher what that means. It's just like, this is here and I'm eating it. And then when I was in grad school, I really thought that I had healed my relationship with food. And I was actually vegan, if you can believe it. Well, like I called myself a vegan, but I would still eat whatever I wanted from time to time. It's kind of what Pete Holmes calls a fleegan, where like he gets drunk sometimes and eats a burger. But I would eat a ton of sugar pretty pretty much every day. Like I would have chocolates and um, tons of honey and maple syrup and pastries and jams and everything. And and I thought my relationship with food was totally healed during that time. And then I started my business and I got into a new relationship. And um, that, (laughs) I'm kind of blanking right now, just because it was a tough time for me. And, And the relationship was good and I'm still in it and it was great. But when you get into a new relationship, when you haven't been in one for a long time, and that was my case too, because I was kind of like focused on building my business and I kind of needed like a break from dating people and being around, um, being around that I just needed a time to focus on myself. So I had a period of like two years when I was single in let's say 2011 to maybe 2013 And then I ended up meeting my boyfriend and around that time too, just owning a business is really hard, you guys. It's so stressful, especially for me being so highly sensitive and empathic and everything. It's just a lot. And especially like back then as you're beginning, all of your stuff comes out. And in a relationship too, like you have to tell people, tell the person you're with, like your secrets and your struggles and you're faced with them again because that person is a mirror to you. So it was just a tough time for me. And during that time, all my issues with food started coming out again, of course. Like, uh, let's say maybe in 2013, um, four years ago. And, And they, like I said, they really started coming out. And when I started dating my boyfriend, we'd go out to eat and um, have a lot of wine. And I ended up gaining a lot of weight and I was eating a lot of sugar then too. And I wrote about this in my newsletter and I'll probably talk about it more on the blog and stuff, but I ended up gaining some weight throughout that time. And because of that, and it kind of happened unconsciously, I was just like having fun. And then one day I was like, well, well, I've gained weight, my clothes don't fit. So I wanted to diet again and diet down to the size that I felt comfortable at. And through dieting, I had, I convinced myself that I had to eliminate sugar. And even before this, I had had times where I wanted to eliminate sugar because it's so vilified. And I was still, you know, 2012, 2013, I was like, 
still a little bit victim of the diet messaging and nutrition messaging that's very harsh and tells you that you shouldn't ever eat something ever again. So I was like, well, I can't eat sugar because I'm going to die or something. So in that abstaining, it would make me binge on it every time I'd have it. And every time I'd go to the grocery store, I would like, and it's my job to be at the grocery store. You know, part of my um, business is being a private chef. So I'm at the grocery store, like literally every day. And I would stare longingly like at the chocolate section, at the candy section, like, should I, shouldn't I, how much, which one should I get? Like, it would always be this thing that would occupy, occupy so much space in my brain. And I'd say, no, you have to be strong. You can't have any sugar ever again. Like if you have sugar, then you're just going to eat it all. But then when I was encountered with it, I would always go overboard. So I remember one time that I was still living with my parents. So this was like six years ago, maybe. And I had bought like an 80, like a 70% chocolate bar because, you know, they tell you 70% super dark chocolate. It's good. I was like, you're just going to have one square and then you're going to throw the the rest away. So I probably had like two squares. I threw it away. I wheeled the trash can onto the curb of the road where it goes. And I went inside and I could not stop thinking about that sugar. Like I could not stop thinking about it. And it was like, April. So it was like tax time. So in my head, I was like, well, if I go out to the trash and like pull out some papers too, then people won't think it's that weird because they could be like some tax documents. Like this is what was actually going through my head. And now like that, I'm so far away from that person that I'm comfortable talking about this because now it's um, just something that I've gone through. It's not an open wound that I'm still dealing with. So I can openly talk about these behaviors that I went through without any judgment for myself at all, because I know that people go through this. I mean, in Sex in the City, Miranda, there's that famous scene where she eats a chocolate cake, throws it away, and then eats it from the trash. And I literally went out to the trash can, got my chocolate bar. It was like half melted and I ate the rest of that chocolate bar. And and then I would, um, after those things happen, you swear it's never going to happen again. And you feel horrible, not only physically, because to eat that much sugar, it's just really hard on the system, but emotionally, you just feel so much shame. And like, how could I let this happen again? And even after that happened, it happened again and again. Like I would join uh, challenges at my gym where like it would be a stretch of like super clean eating. And the night before I would get a chocolate bar and like a jar of peanut butter and just go to town on it because I knew it wouldn't be allowed once the time began of the challenges and all of that. And that was not a fun time for me at all. I even remember when I started dating Derek and I had gained a little bit of weight and I had wanted to take it off not with the right intention. Granted, we're entering our fourth year. So this was a long time ago and like several years. And I remember when we've been living together for most of our relationship, but at the beginning we didn't live together. And like on Sunday nights, um, you know, I'd say like, you know, we'd go out Saturday on Sunday morning, I'd wake up and be like, I have to eat clean all day today. And I would kick him out. And he is the most amazing person I know. And I would kick him out of my apartment at like five to say like, I have work to do. You just got to go. 
And I would go to Whole Foods and like get ice cream and candies because I had so much shame around that relationship that I had with sugar. And I couldn't be open with him about those struggles, not because of him, but because of me. I was so ashamed of it. So I really know how deep this goes, you guys. And then what would happen? I'd wake up ashamed, pissed, sick feeling, just horrible. And and that went on for a long time. And I, you know, I think that ice cream incident and what I would do when I would like tell him to leave my apartment, that really only happened like at the beginning of our relationship. Slowly, I kind of began to heal my relationship with food more even though I have to reiterate that I already had thought it was healed like three years ago. So this stuff can pop up again and again if you don't really look at your the stuff that we all have and your issues and everything. Not that you have issues, but we all have something that we go through and that we deal with. So that was so disheartening for me to go through that. Like, oh, again, it happened again. I told myself that was, this would never happen. And I feel horrible. And the thing is that, you know, the sugar that I would eat wouldn't even really be worth it. It would be like coconut ice cream and those super dark chocolate, which I don't even like dark chocolate, like super dark chocolate that much, but I would try to get the healthier stuff. So it's like, I wouldn't even really want it. And that's the case. Like I remember one time too, when I was still living with my parents, I told myself I couldn't eat sugar. I threw away all the sugar in my parents' house and I needed sugar, of course, because once you tell yourself you can't have any, what's going to happen? You're going to want it all. And I ate these like five-year-old chocolate coins that tasted horrible, but it's like, whatever, it's fine because this is sugar and this is, you know, this is filling that void that I need right now. So that period when I was abstaining, was when I was binging the most. And I want to encourage you that if you're in that place, then maybe abstaining isn't the right place for you. I know that my intention behind it wasn't one for health or anything. It was just like a form of punishment. Like you've had too much and now you can't have any more. And that isn't really a nice way to, or an aware way really to approach the situation. Um, So that's why it's like, I don't really know if abstinence is the goal when it comes to sugar. Like some people can do it and that's fine. But like, you know, you guys know that I've had, I've been talking about it now, like a a big struggle in the past with my food. So at one point, many years ago, I went to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting and I thought that that would help me. I had a therapist at the time that told me that I should try it and see And I went to one meeting and I never went back again because the people that were there were abstinent from sugar. They'd follow something called a gray sheet where you can only have certain portions of specific fruits and vegetables and proteins. So super restrictive. Um, You couldn't have any of your trigger foods or anything like that. And what I saw in that meeting even though people were abstinent from sugar and even abstinent from like white flour and all of that stuff is that they were, their obsession went from eating to an obsession with the avoidance of it. People were talking, and this is no judge. This is no judgment at all. If you're an overeaters and anonymous, and if that works for you, I'm just saying for me, 
this is what I observed. And I knew it wasn't for me because what I saw were people that were obsessed and their life revolved around counting their meals and bringing scales to restaurants um, to weigh out the food that they could eat and would be allowed to eat. And personally, I just don't think that's sustainable. Some people told stories about, um, you know, how how their family members would bring sugar to their house and they had to chastise their family members. And it was just a little bit too much for me. And I knew that that was not the goal for me. My goal, and I think the goal for you, should just be to be relaxed. Because, you know, sugar, even though it, it is can be addictive, um, it's, you know, if let's say you're a drug addict, you have to abstain from drugs in order to be clean. And that makes sense. Like, we don't need drugs, but we do need food uh, to eat. I mean, like, we're humans, we need food and water. It's just part of our makeup. So to put so much obsession and importance on a certain food and this whole talk about food addiction, um, I think it's a little bit, I think it's going a little bit too far. And this is no judgment. Again, I need to reiterate that because I don't want to get mail saying you judged me because I'm an Overeaters Anonymous and food addiction programs or whatever, but I think that's putting too much power on the food. That's all I want to say. It's too much power on the food instead of gaining the power ourselves to make our own choices out of our own intentions. And that is the most powerful thing that we can do because we it is not healthy to live in a way where you have to live your life around avoiding certain things. And that worry and that stress and that like shame that happens, it's just not worth it. There's so many more important things going on in life and we miss out on so much because we feel that food has control over us. But once we get those reins back and we can say, I'm the master of my own creation and I'm the master of the person who, well, I am the person who makes my own freaking decisions. That's it. You know, so I really think that that is the most empowering place that we can be at where we make our own decisions because of how we feel with our own positive intentions for ourselves. So got a little bit heated there, but I'm super passionate about this subject because I think a lot of people diminish themselves and they diminish their power by giving food and sugar all of this importance. Um, So... That's kind of my own story, little snippets of my story when it comes to that. And my goal was to just not be obsessive and to just to feel healthy and balanced around sugar. And ever since then, I, since I got sick of abstaining from it, it was just too much energy to, to do that and too obsessive. I was just like, what do I really want to do? Like, what would a sustainable relationship with food look like? Because it is not true that you're never going to eat chocolate again. Maybe, I mean, I know some people abstain from sugar like forever. And if you're doing something that works for you, that's amazing. And because that means that you're making your own choices and like, that's fine. And that's so good because that's the ultimate goal. But 
I started gaining the self-awareness around like, okay, if I take away all the judgment and I take away all this crap that I put myself through, then like, what's really going on here? What's really happening? The truth is, and I know this now after years of practicing it and years of feeling in a really amazing place with food, what, how does sugar really make me feel? Like, do I really want it? Do I really, really, really want it? Sometimes, yes. Most of the time, no. Because I realized that the reason that I wanted sugar so much was because I told myself I couldn't have it. Once you allow everything in your life and say that I can have anything that I want to, that lust and that like, oh my God, that like angelness and that halo around sugar um, kind of goes away. It's just like, it's not special anymore. It's just like a piece of cheesecake or whatever. We really give it so much more importance than it has to. And I also had the self-awareness to, to really look at how sugar made me feel. And I was really honest with myself about that. And I said, after I eat, or I noticed after I eat sugar, I kind of feel like shit. Like I feel bloated. I definitely feel anxious. I'm already anxious as it is. And I knew that eating sugar just gave me more anxiety, like not the actual eating of the, not like my thoughts around the sugar, but like actual practical reality. When I eat sugar, I just feel anxious. Like that's the effect that sugar has on my body. Um, I don't know if I said I feel bloated, but I did. And I was aware enough to know that it makes me do that, that it makes me feel those things. And also that eating it makes me want more. Like that's just a fact, kind of like I talked about at the beginning, eating more sugar makes me want more sugar. And that is a truth for me. That is a truth that I just know about myself. If I start eating, like I love cereal and I do have it sometimes, um, but I know if I have a bowl of cereal, for example, I really love um, the cinnamon checks, the rice checks. If I have a bowl of that, I'm going to want like three more bowls. And that's just how it is. And if I want, um, you know, some chocolate, maybe I'm going to want some more. So I know that about myself. And then I'm probably going to want it the next day too. And there's two components here. It's like physically and in our brains can be addictive. Um, but I know that I'm going to want it again. So it's like, do I really want to start that that whole thing again? I, I don't really ever, it's been years since I've binged on anything. So I think in healing our relationship with food, it's important to honor our hunger and our fullness signal. So like, if I really want that cereal, maybe I'll have two bowls, but like I'll be hungry when I eat it. Um, so, so yeah, it's just, I, I know that about myself and I realized that. So I'm like, do I really want to start this? And I think for some people, I think for most of us, actually, if you feel that you're addicted to sugar, then it is very hard to have an intuitive relationship with food if you're already addicted to these foods that are made to be addictive. So I think that it can be really beneficial to give yourself a break, maybe a week or two weeks where you just don't eat sugar. And maybe in the first four days, you're going to have to use some willpower 
because I wrote an entire blog post about intuitive eating and sugar. I don't think that's sustainable for most people. It is not intuitive, like Danielle Delavalle said on the on the podcast. When I interviewed her, I'm pretty sure it was episode seven, if you want to look back. But um, that's not really intuitive. Our bodies don't want sugar all day when they are calibrated and when they are, um, you know, healthy and they're not addicted to sugar. They don't want sugar all day. So that wanting of the sugar comes from the eating of the sugar all the time or from being really strict with yourself and telling yourself that you want none. I mean, yeah, saying that you can't have any. And there's so many nuances in here. So this is not a black or white thing. And that's why this episode is already 35 minutes long because there's so much to say about it. And there's nuance in here that we really have to go after in order to really have that sustainable relationship. So um, it is beneficial to maybe give yourself that break so you can recalibrate yourself to get back to that healthy level where you can have a healthy foundation, where you can make food choices that actually work for you. So uh, for me, it always helps to, I don't, I haven't really done a Whole30 in a while, but doing a Whole30 really helped me, especially like if you've never done one before and you feel like addicted to foods, maybe doing one, um, you know, thinking that it's temporary in mind, which it should be. You shouldn't be doing several Whole30s per year. Um, it's an amazing tool to find out what works for you, to get your body back to balance, to allow yourself to actually have an intuitive relationship with food. Because if we eat healthy foods, then it is easy for our body to tell us, uh, when we're hungry and when we're full, because it's so easy, so easy to eat an entire pint of ice cream, to have dessert after a dinner out and we're full it's like, well, this space just opened up, but imagine you can't have like five apples like you could, but usually after one apple, like you're fine, you know, because that apple and whole foods in general don't have those chemical, um, they don't cause those chemical reactions in our brains necessarily. So, um, you know, and, and realize that if you do do a whole 30 or if you decide to cut out sugar, which can be beneficial sometimes, um, so that you can get to a place of empowerment in your body and your physical body when it'll crave, uh, certain foods that are, uh, you know, that work for it and that work for you in the long run. Um, it's, you're going to have to realize that maybe in the first couple of days, you might have to use some willpower. And, um, that can be very tough too, because I don't want you to then binge on it later, but I think it's really important that if you do that, that you create an intention for yourself of kindness and say to yourself and really look at yourself honestly and say like, whatever I've been doing hasn't been working. I feel out of control with my sugar intake so let me just start clean. Let me choose to be kind to myself. Let me choose to be kind enough to give myself this love for my body by eating whole foods that will make it feel awesome. Because if we're honest with ourselves, like I said before, sugar does not make us feel awesome. And that's just reality. And that's fine. So once you really get that intention set, 
and you come to yourself with a place of kindness. I also wrote a whole blog post about how kindness is a goal. I'll put that in the show notes too. But really have that positive intention and that honest intention with yourself and keep that in mind because if we, you know, we could have two intentions. We could have that intention where most of us actually come from where it's like, you're a piece of shit. You're a bad person because you've been eating so much sugar and those things aren't true that we say to ourselves, even though we might say that, like, that's not a true thing, but that is how we talk to ourselves after we binge on sugar and we say, you know, you're so weak, you're not strong, you can't control yourself, look at you, you're so bad. And that's not a good place to come from for yourself. That's just going to perpetuate these behaviors and that's going to lead you to control everything. Whereas if we come from that place of niceness and kindness for ourselves, for our hearts and our bodies and our minds, then something like a whole 30 or even two weeks of um, eating whole foods will really allow our body to get back to homeostasis and to, you know, so we can get to that foundation where we can make those choices that, that really do work for us. And I also have to mention that when we are trying to fix our relationship with food and heal that, usually we come from a past of control. I need to control how much I eat and and when I eat it, and it's just too much, and I feel better when I control things, and that's true, especially if you're a control freak. That's why you're a control freak, because we feel better when we control stuff, and I'm like recovering control freak I still not with food anymore but like uh, with other stuff I'm definitely working on that and that's something that I am aware of that that's the mechanism that I go to when I feel out of control I want to control everything and like the people around me Um, but I'm aware of it so what's the opposite of control if we think that um controlling isn't working for us, what's the opposite of it? It's not just being totally lackadaisical and being totally like blah, whatever. It's trust. So we can either control things or we can trust ourselves and trust our lives so that we can really get to a place where we can trust ourselves always around food. And isn't that the goal? Isn't the goal to just feel free and trusting of ourselves to know we can go anywhere. We can do anything. We can have ice cream and chocolate and cake in the house and we can trust ourselves around it. We can trust ourselves to say, I kind of don't feel like having this right now. And we can trust ourselves enough to say, if I have some, I know I'm going to eat just enough, um, just enough or an amount that my body is asking for and, and no more. Because once we go overboard, then which will happen sometimes and like that then it's important to not judge yourself about that and just kind of get on to the next meal um and be patient with yourself but doesn't that feel so freeing i feel like now as i'm talking about it it just i'm getting this feeling of empowerment and i've already said that so many times too but that is the goal we cannot live like hermits where we don't want to go anywhere. And I'm only saying this because this is how I used to be. I used to be somebody that didn't want to go anywhere, didn't want to be around certain people or certain foods because I just couldn't handle it. And I couldn't handle it because I was telling myself that I couldn't handle it. And that was never true. And it's not true for any of you out there listening. I promise. 
It really isn't. We need to take the seat of, of being autonomous when it comes to our food choices and to feel free enough that we can make decisions that are good for us in the moment. And that's what I think it's really about. And if you use what I talked about in this episode and you just pause and think about it and really get honest with yourself about why you're, you eat the way that you do, then it's so hard. I know how hard it is to think about that stuff because we don't want to think about that. It's just easier to gloss over it. Then you really get to know yourself and you can really get to this place. And it, there's nothing better. And I want that for each of you out there. Um, some things that helped me were journaling, writing down, even though that's the last thing I want to do is to write down how I'm feeling in the moment. Like that sucks sometimes, but it's what helps. And right now for me, I really don't eat that much sugar. Um, and it's not because I try to avoid it. I really don't, but I make my food choices naturally and, and I eat what feels good to me what I like and what tastes good, which is super important, um, especially as somebody who, who knows how to cook. Uh, I always try to eat things that are really tasty because that satisfies me. And that actually allows me to have a healthier relationship with food. But I really don't eat that much sugar. And not because I tell myself I can't, but because I don't want it. Like I actually don't want it. And that's only because I did all of this work. It's only because I got curious and, and saw why I was eating it. And I got really honest with myself that I don't want to put myself through those cycles again, ever. Because it's miserable. And I was so miserable when that happened. Um, and now it's like, I honestly don't really think about it that much at all. So I kind of like naturally don't eat it because I don't want it most days because I feel so good that I just don't. And it's not a big deal to have it in the house. I live with somebody, my boyfriend, um, who eats sugar pretty much every night. And I make, and he has a super healthy relationship with food. That's just, he's a moderator. That's just how it works for him. And we eat healthy for the most part. Um, but you know, and I make him brownies and cookies and little pastries and breads and stuff that he can, have whenever he wants them. And those are always in the house. Like I have two huge boxes of brownies that I made, which are my favorite thing ever in the house, but I just haven't wanted one. And like, it's fine. And then in those moments when things come up that I do want to eat that might have sugar in them, I just eat them. Like I made a chocolate cake the other day with icing. I had a couple pieces. I was like, I kind of don't feel good right now. So I'm just not going to eat anymore. And then I knew that after that, I would want more sugar, even though I didn't feel it. So it's like really getting into that place where I'm saying like, okay, my, my body says that I might want it, but that's not really true. So I'm just not going to eat it. And that's what's best for me right now. Like on Thanksgiving, I made like a super real amazing pumpkin cheesecake. I had a slice on Thanksgiving and then like the next couple of days we had stuff with friends where we were out drinking wine and stuff and I got home each night and just had a couple bites of the cheesecake and then we gave the rest to his mom, to my boyfriend's mom and like it was fine. Like I didn't even miss that cheesecake when I was gone when like six years ago I made that cheesecake and that cheesecake cost me so much like 
tumult in my life because I was like, should I have it? Now I'm having this huge peace. Now I'm feeling like shit. You can all relate to that. I know you can if you have struggled with sugar before. So now it's like I have my way of eating. And then when things come up that are worth it, that is super important. Things that are worth it. Your mom's cookies that mean so much to you that bring you back to a certain place. That amazing dessert at this restaurant that you love and it just like completely makes you weak in the knees. Um, for me, it's this ice cream that um, is here in Miami that I'll link in the show notes. It's so good. And I can't even think of the last time I had it. Honestly, I drive by it all the time, but I just like don't want it because it doesn't make me feel awesome. Um, you know, so those things that are so good and so worth it from time to time, eat those things, eat those things mindfully because those will feed you not only like in your body, but they'll feed your soul. Sometimes we just need them and that's okay. So you don't have to say that you're never going to have it forever. Just be so picky and so deliberate about your food choices and so discerning. Like um, Hallie talked about this in her episode too, where like she eats mainly and her episode is episode eight the last the episode before this one where like she eats mainly ketogenic which is super low carb but from time to time she's gonna have a cookie if she wants it and it's gonna be like a really amazing cookie not a cookie that she gets at like a press event that might not be that good you know so we're gonna be surrounded by sugar all the time but you don't have to eat everything that's presented to you you don't you can say no if like something just really isn't that good and you know it's going to cause that like um, that effect that sugar has where we want more. It's like, is it really worth it to start that right now with like this kind of mediocre piece of food? No, <laughs> you know, be so picky, be annoyingly picky. People around me know that if I choose to eat something that um, might not make me feel awesome, it's going to be amazing. And I don't have to beat myself up for it because we are hedonistic creatures. We love pleasure, but pleasure is not, um, and even happiness is not a permanent state. These are like little blips of, um, you know, they're moments that we need to be fully present for. So when you decide to have that worth it thing, be fully present for it. Be a hundred percent there and enjoy the crap out of it get romantic with it i mean like not in that way but like just take your time with the thing um and you guys that's what i think it's about let me know if this resonated with you i took a bunch of notes beforehand to kind of structure this episode reach out to me if you have any other questions um before we go though i wanted to mention this quick quote in solo episodes, I am going to be sharing more quotes because I'm obsessed with them. Really special quotes. Um, and a big thing, and especially in our relationship with sugar, is saying no. Because like I said, it's everywhere. And especially around this season, people are going to be offering it to you all the time. And half the time that we eat it, we don't really want it. And we're only doing it because somebody's imposing it on us. You can say no. Like, all you have to say is no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm not eating that right now. No, thank you. I don't want it. Maybe not that. Maybe that'll be a little bit mean, but you can just say, no, thank you. That doesn't work for me today. You know? And if people 
get more um, pushy on you, just stand your ground. Like don't, you're either putting yourself first or putting that other person first. And a person that cares about you will be okay with whatever decision you make. I mean, I still have people and family members literally at gatherings come scan my plate and see what I'm eating and then like question why I don't have something on my plate. And that annoys me because we shouldn't do that. Who cares what somebody, worry about yourself. Mind your own plate, mind your own stuff. Like you can say, I'm not going to eat that. Like it's fine. You know, I think everybody needs, needs to calm down about what everyone else is eating. But I want to encourage you to say no when you, when something is not going to work for you and to say yes, when you really feel like it. And when it's something so special that means so much to you, that it's going to feed so many parts of you that it's just going to satisfy you. So I want you to learn to say no. And I'm going to share this quote with you right now. I don't know who said it. I even Googled it and I couldn't find it. So if you know, please message me and let me know. So here it is. It's No makes us aloof, boring, impolite, unfriendly, selfish, antisocial, uncaring, lowly, lonely, and arsenal of other insults. But no is the button that keeps us on. And nothing could be more true than that. Because if you say no, people are going to be disappointed with you. People are going to tell tell you stuff. I can't even tell you how many names I've been called and adjectives because I say no to certain things like, oh, she's so sensitive. She's so selfish. I don't care. Like these are, I, you know, and I encourage everybody out there to do that too, is to make decisions that empower you and no one else. Really make your own decisions and be comfortable with them. Own your freaking power. Get out there in the world, own the holidays, feel great the entire time. And as always, I wish you guys the best. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, please visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. If you like the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.